Welcome to the Paul Gunn Podcast. Paul is an American pastor and chaplain who seeks to teach the Bible in an easy to understand and inspirational way to people of all ages. He believes the truths found in the scriptures have the power to change lives. Paul's church has a diverse mix of nationalities and ethnicities where the scriptures are taught in seven languages. When he's not serving his church, he's serving the military as a chaplain. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoy this edition of the Paul Gunn Podcast. I hope you're enjoying our study through the book of Nehemiah. It's an important book. It's relevant for us today. The title of my message today is People Problems. And I will be preaching from Nehemiah chapter 5, if you'll turn there. And here's a recap of where we are in the story of Nehemiah. Although the Jews had been allowed to return to Jerusalem almost a hundred years prior, the walls of the city had not been rebuilt. And city walls were very important in this day. And in in Israel's case, they had uh, spiritual significance. Now, Nehemiah was a Jew, but was born far away, and he worked for a foreign king. When he heard that the walls of Jerusalem had not been rebuilt after a hundred years, he immediately began to pray and ask ask for God's favor as he committed himself to helping rebuild the walls. And the king that he worked for was named King Artaxerxes, and, and he asked the king if he could return to Jerusalem. He worked for the king, and And the king said yes, and the king supplied him with supplies and a security detail to ensure his safe passage to Jerusalem so that he could begin the work of rebuilding the walls. And here Nehemiah showed up not knowing anybody, and he he inspired them and he motivated them to organize and rebuild these walls. The people that had returned to Jerusalem some 100 years earlier had grown accustomed to all the rubble of the walls. They they lived around the rubble of all the walls. A wide variety of people came together to rebuild these walls. And there was a man named Sanballat and some other leaders that were foreigners living among these people and they ridiculed and they plotted against Nehemiah and the builders But Nehemiah and the people came up with a plan for their defense and continued the work. And the scripture that I preached from last Sunday said that every man carried a sword in one arm while he carried building supplies in the other arm. They were not going to let anyone stop them from rebuilding the walls. During all of this, the foreign king that ruled over the region uh, where Jerusalem was made Nehemiah the governor. So now he had official authority. In today's sermon, we're going to talk about a problem that arose among the people of Jerusalem while they were rebuilding their walls. We're going to consider four points to remember when we have a problem. Anybody ever had a problem? (laughs) Anybody got a problem you're dealing with now? Well, if you've, if you've got a break today, then you'll have a problem to deal with tomorrow. And here are the four points for us to consider 
when we have problems. I will state these and then I'll restate them as the message progresses. Kids, I want you all to listen too because you're going to hear something that will be helpful to you in this message. First, it's important for you to carefully consider the issue when you have a problem. It's important to look for the cause that is closest to home. It's important to work toward a biblical resolution. And it's always important to set a good example. Four points to today's message. Let's say one of our confessions together. Are you ready? Repeat after me. God can do whatever he wants. Whenever he wants. Wherever he wants. With whomever he wants. For as long as he wants. Without anyone's permission. That's the God we serve. First of all, I want you to consider that when you have a problem, carefully consider the issue. Nehemiah chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. Now the men and their wives raised a great outcry against their fellow Jews. Some were saying, we and our sons and daughters are numerous. In order for us to eat and stay alive, we must get grain. Others were saying, we are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, and our homes to get grain during the famine. Still others were saying, we have to borrow money to pay the king's tax on our fields and vineyards. Although we are of the same flesh and blood as our fellow Jews, and though our children are as good as theirs, yet we have to sub subject our sons and daughters to slavery. Some of our daughters have already been enslaved, but we are powerless because our fields and our vineyards belong to others. When I heard their outcry and these charges, I was very angry. I pondered them in my mind. Now, as the new governor, as the supervisor of the rebuilding of the walls, Nehemiah became the go-to person for complaints, just like Moses had and other leaders. Every leader becomes the point person, the go-to person for complaints. And while his primary concern was the rebuilding of the wall, he could not ignore the problems that were arising because he had to have people to rebuild the walls. The people were hungry. Even the women who were normally silent were speaking up. They began to ask for help. And taxes to this foreign king placed a financial burden on the people. And these taxes that went to the ruling king, the ruling Persian king, they were, they were just sent to him uh, common in that day when a king took over an area, he would just tax the people. There were no free meals. There were no government subsidies. There was no HUD. Uh, no, no way to buy a home. Everything technically was owned by the foreign king. And as a result, the people were, were borrowing money. And they were... They were left without enough food to sustain their families. The situation was dire, and it angered Nehemiah. So you wonder, 
Why was Nehemiah angry? Was he angry because the people were complaining? We don't know. Was he angry because the people were hungry? Was he angry because he did not want to deal with the problem? He had to return to the building of the walls? Was he angry at God for not providing? We don't know. We're not given a lot of information here on why Nehemiah was angry. But it's important that we take a moment to recognize his emotional response to how he handled it. Nehemiah was a lot like us. He was human. And as a human, he experienced all the same kinds of emotions that we do. He was tired as the supervisor and governor over this land. He was held responsible, held accountable by the king for how he governed. And Nehemiah did not ignore his feelings, but he did not waste time obsessing over them or give in to them either. He didn't start hollering to make a scene. Instead, he, he carefully considered the problem before proposing a solution. It's so important that when you have a problem that you carefully consider the issue. The Bible tells us that being angry is not necessarily a sin. However, our anger can lead to sin. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 says, In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Problems can cause a wide range of difficult, challenging emotions. In order to avoid sin, it's important for us to take a breath and, and feel the emotion without acting or reacting. The Bible says that Nehemiah pondered the issue. In other words, he spent time thinking about it. <clears throat> when you are faced with a problem, what is the first thing you do? Probably you can answer that because we've all been faced with problems. We've all reacted to problems. Do you... Do you pick up the phone and call your spouse or your mother and complain? When someone makes you mad, are you, are you quick with a biting comeback? If you're a victim of some type of wrong, do you seek revenge? <laughs> or here's one. Here's a real practical everyday one. When you get an email that you don't like, or you read an online post that angers you, do you hit the reply button at the speed of light without thinking about it? There's, there's a reason old-timers used to tell us to count to ten when we're angry. I haven't heard that in a long time. I think we need to bring it back. We need to start telling children. Children, listen to me. When you're angry, count to ten very slowly before you react. We need to give ourselves time to logically think about an issue and what's really going on. So we should carefully consider the issue. Second, when you have a problem, you should look for the cause that is closest to home. Nehemiah chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. Nehemiah said, I pondered them in my mind and then accused the nobles and officials. I told them, you are charging your own people interest. So I called together a large meeting to deal with them and said, as far as possible, we have bought back our fellow Jews who were sold to the Gentiles. 
Now you are selling your own people only for them to be sold back to us. They kept quiet because they could find nothing to say. Now there was not much that Nehemiah could do about taxes. The people were under the control of a foreign king. And as such, they had to do what he wanted them to do. Paying taxes to a foreign king was not going to go away. But Nehemiah realized that the real problem here was not taxes. That was not the primary problem. The reason the people were out of money was not because they were paying taxes. The primary problem was with the behavior of his own people. The Jewish lenders were charging interest and mortgaging their, their fellow citizens' lands and returns in order for loans. And it just started the vicious cycle of downhill financial spiral. When we face a problem, it's important that we, that we carefully consider who is responsible. At first glance, we might want to point the finger at someone else. Like Nehemiah, there may be a legitimate reason to think that the government or some other nameless entity is to blame. You know, when we blame someone like the President of the United States or the President of a company or the leader of some organization for something, then, then for us, the problem seems too big. It's, it's their fault. And we move on saying it's their fault. And so we use that as an excuse not to do anything about it. However, when we look closely, we may discover that the root of the problem is much closer to home. In fact, we may be the problem. So it's important for us not to point the finger too quickly. It's important for us to be honest with ourselves. The only way that we can know whether our problems are the result of our own sin is to be in communication with the Lord. That's it. We have to to pray for his wisdom, we have to know his word, we have to be ready to act when he convicts us of something we should do or something that we should not do. And if we pray for God to reveal our sin in our hearts and lives, he will, trust me. So when we are faced with a problem, we should carefully consider the issue and we should look for the cause that is closest to home. Next. When you have a problem, work towards a biblical resolution. Nehemiah chapter 5, verse 9. So I continued, what you are doing is not right. Shouldn't you walk in the fear of our God to avoid the reproach of our Gentile enemies? I and my brothers and my men are also lending the people money and grain, but let us stop charging interest. Give back to them immediately their fields, vineyards, olive groves, and houses, and also the interest you are charging them, 1% of the money, grain, new wine, and olive oil. Verse 12. We will give it back, they said, and we will not demand any more from them. We will do as you say. Then I summoned the priests and made the nobles and officials take an oath to do what they had promised. I also shook out the folds of my robe and said, 
In this way, may God shake out of their house and possessions anyone who does not keep his promise. So may such a person be shaken out and emptied. At this, the whole assembly said, Amen. And they praised the Lord. And the people did as they promised. The reason that Nehemiah was able to go to wealthy, influential individuals and address their their incorrect behavior in a demanding way is because Nehemiah knew what God had already said about this issue. Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 19 and 20 says, This is the rules that the people were supposed to live on, the law of Moses. Do not charge a fellow Israelite interest, whether on money or food or anything else that may earn interest. You may charge a foreigner interest, but not a fellow Israelite, so that the Lord your God may bless you in everything you put your hand to uh, in the land you are entering to possess. This law specifically forbade Israelites from charging interest on loans to one another. Uh, I'd like to see those laws today. Wouldn't that be great? Nehemiah knew that this problem was not a mistake. It was not an oversight. It was not a result of foreign power. It was a personal problem. It was a problem of sin. It was a problem of a handful of influential, powerful people who decided to ignore the law that was given to them by God through Moses. They were not doing what God had commanded them to do. And as a result, people were going hungry. You know, sin always has consequences. You've heard me say this before. You never sin alone. Can't you see this group of people getting together and saying, hey, let's just charge a small percent of interest. No one will ever know, and we'll make some money for our efforts. And sometimes we face consequences personally, but sometimes our sins cause other people, causes other people to suffer. And while Nehemiah was not at fault in this situation, he recognized that the sins of the nobles were causing the people to suffer. And as a, as a leader and mediator, he had an obligation to exceed on behalf of the people. What did he do? Verse 7 tells us that he first approached the lenders privately. And when they did not readily correct their ways, he dealt with the problem in a different way. Listen to this. Nehemiah's actions are examples of the New Testament advice given in Matthew chapter 18. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, then you've won them over. But if they will not listen... Take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. So the Bible teaches that if you have a problem with an individual, you should go to that individual privately to address the issue. And if if that doesn't work, then you should take along someone else who might be able to 
to mediate or be right there with you, a witness, uh, somebody to give a stronger uh, word or foundation of what you're trying to get across. And if the person still does not want to listen, you might need to involve the church, if, especially if it is a church-related matter. And then if that still does not work according to the scripture, you're to treat them as a pagan or tax collector. Now, how did Jesus treat pagans and tax collectors? He loved them, but he did not condone their sinful actions. So when we are faced with a problem, we should carefully consider the issue. We should look for the cause that is closest to home. We should work toward a biblical resolution. And fourth... When you have a problem, always set a good example. Nehemiah chapter 5 verse 14. Moreover, from the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah until his 32nd year, 12 years that Nehemiah was the governor, Neither I nor my brothers ate the food allotted to the governor. But the early, earlier governors, those preceding me, they placed a heavy burden on the people and took 40 shekels of silver from them in addition to food and wine. Their assistants also lorded it over the people. But out of reverence for God, I did not act like that. Instead, I devoted myself to the work on this wall. All my men were assembled there for the work. We did not acquire any land. Furthermore, 150 Jews and officials ate at my table, as well as those who came to us from the surrounding nations. Each day, one ox, six choice sheep, and some poultry were prepared for me. And every 10 days, an abundant supply of wine of all kinds. In spite of all this, I never demanded the food allotted to the governor because the demands were heavy on these people. Remember me with favor, my God, for all I have done for these people. Very interesting here. As governor, Nehemiah could have legitimately benefited from the perks of his position. However, he chose not to do anything that would somehow make the people's lives harder or make their burdens more severe. He chose to continue working on the wall. That was his vision when he came there. He never lost sight of that vision. He continued doing it. And he didn't do this to impress people. He did not sacrificially give to impress people. He did it out of reverence to God and his calling from God. We cannot, we cannot always solve every problem that arises in our lives or the lives of those around us. We cannot make people do what is right, even if we recognize the harm that they are doing with their actions. And like Nehemiah could not control whether famines occurred or how much the king taxed, he had no control over those things. There are many things outside of our control, but he worked on the things that he could control. He worked on uh, moderation, which he could control. He didn't take the perks of being a governor. And when a problem is within our means to solve, then we have an obligation to do everything we can to solve it. But when a problem is outside of our ability to solve it, 
then our obligation is to provide a good example to others. Jesus, for example, lived a life of love and sacrifice, and he challenges all of his disciples to do the same. So when you have a problem, carefully consider the issue. Look for the cause that is closest to home. Work towards a biblical resolution. Always set a good example. This past week, I led a funeral for a man whose life was cut short in a tragedy. I met with his family at the funeral home and I asked to speak with his children. This man and his wife had five children. He died at the age of 33. Three of the children were really too young to understand what was going on. But he had two boys. I think their ages were about nine and 11, plenty old enough to understand that they just lost their father. They were in heavy grief. They weren't showing much emotion. I think that they had cried all that they could cry. But I stood there and told them. I pulled them aside and I said, guys, I've heard that your dad was a believer in Jesus Christ. And I said, I know that your grief is heavy. And I can't do anything to take your grief away. But I can tell you that Jesus is our only hope right now. Nothing else matters other than Jesus. And I told them, the Bible tells us that believers in Jesus Christ will see each other again. The title of today's message was People Problems. Because of, we know that the truth of it is that that because of people, because of of problems that are around us and and people that are always involved in these problems, we, we we come to places in our lives where there doesn't seem to be any answer. And here's a, a grieving family that wanted answers and they didn't have any answers. And the only thing I could do is pull the oldest sons. And later I spoke with his wife and said, our only hope is Jesus. So whatever problem you are facing today, I'm telling you to take heart because it's only temporary. Everything on this earth is only temporary. Even if it seems permanent to you, even if it seems like it's going on for a long time, it's only temporary. And God promises that if you submit to him, he can work it out for your good and for his glory. The scripture says in John chapter 16, verse 33, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And this promise of peace was given to Christ followers. And if you don't know Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior, let me encourage you to get to know him as your Lord and Savior. You you, you don't have to fend off the problems of this world on your own. Jesus wants to help you. He wants to walk through your problems with you. He wants to give you peace. And perhaps you have insurmountable problems that, that this sermon reminded you of. 
we're living in a different day and age than, than when Nehemiah lived. However, humans still have the same concerns. Jesus wants to give you peace. You've been listening to the Paul Gunn Podcast, produced by Marie McKinney Oates, available on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tina Tran. Have a good day, mate.